With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Live Natural, Live Well. I'm your host, Heather Lansbury. I'm very excited to have on my special guest today, Sharon Gannon, who is one of the co-founders of Jeevanmukti Yoga Method, along with David Life. I'm honored to have her on today because I've been a fan of their work for a very long time. And they were kind enough to host a book launch party for me last year at their cafe in New York, the Jeevanmukti Cafe with Chef Oscar, so I'm glad I get to have her on today and promote her new book, Simple Recipes for Joy. Let me go ahead and bring her on the line, and if you have any questions, 347-884-9533. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Heather. How are you today? I'm just great here in Woodstock. We have about four feet of snow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Quite a contrast, probably, to L.A., right? <laughs> Sunny and 70. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to rub it in or anything. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining me today. I know you have an insanely busy schedule and just got back from India. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a bit jet-lagged, but yeah. I'm awake, and I'm so happy to be on your show. Really, I'm very honored. Oh, thank you. For my my listeners who might not know much about you, if you can share your story, how you got into yoga and veganism and started writing cookbooks. <laughs> well, I wrote the cookbook actually to share the menu at the Jiva Mukti Cafe with people, and um, so I mean we have a we have a beautiful cafe, seventy seats. Um, and it's part of our yoga school in New York City, right on Broadway between 14th Street and 13th Street. It's all organic and all vegan. And um, how did I get into yoga? Gosh, who knows? Who knows? I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad it happened, though. Um, I guess I'm, I've always wanted to um, find a way to get close to God, to... Um, connect with um, spirituality and uh, when I was a teenager I started to study meditation and um, scriptures, yoga scriptures. I worked in a um, a spiritual library, the Theosophical Library in Seattle, Washington where I was living and um, I loved that because I was just in a room filled with books and books and more books and um, I'm kind of a bookworm anyway, and so I got to read Patanjali's Yoga Sutra and Bhagavad Gita and Autobiography of a Yogi and, and many, you know, many 
books about uh, biographies of saints, and I loved immersing myself in that kind of atmosphere. And I was in, I was in a band when I was um, when I lived in Seattle. I, I, I worked as an artist, dancer, musician, painter, poet. And one day, I was um, at rehearsal, band rehearsal, and I fell down some really steep stairs and broke my back. Like actually fractured a vertebrae and oh. couldn't walk. Yeah, couldn't walk for three weeks. My right leg was paralyzed. And anyway, that's um, that's kind of um, that was the instigator that pushed me into taking yoga classes, yoga asana classes. But um, I mean, I uh, I was a very active person anyway. And when someone suggested, oh, I think yoga could help your back, I was like, what? You know, I can't even walk. I can't even walk. And, you know, my idea of a yogi was doing these contortions. And um, But anyway, I, I did uh, find myself in a yoga class. Actually, um, about a year later when I had moved to New York City. And, uh, I mean, it was very painful and very challenging, but it felt right. I mean, I, I felt just intuitively that that this could heal my back and much, much more. And so <clears throat> I just stayed with it. And I had had this background of of study, and so I applied that to the asanas, which really, you know, a lot of yoga classes during that time, we're talking about the early 80s, a lot of yoga classes that were available, certainly in America, they didn't provide you with the philosophical or or spiritual aspect of the practice. But because I had done previous study, I, I had some of that anyway. So um, anyway, that's how, that's how I got into it. And how did I get into <laughs> veganism? Uh, I saw a movie. I saw a film that rocked my world, and that film was called The Animal's Film a British documentary, and I saw it when it um, had just come out in the States. I think that was 1981 or 82. And I had only gone because I saw on the marquee that um, Robert Wyatt had done the soundtrack. And Robert Wyatt, maybe your listeners might not be familiar with Robert Wyatt, but Maybe you'll look him up, Google him. He's an incredible British musician and composer, and he was in a band called The Soft Machine at the time, and I had great admiration for him. And so I only went to see the movie because he was involved somehow. But two hours and 20 minutes later, oh, my goodness, that movie. It was really, I think, one of the first feature-length documentary movies that showed the many ways that human beings exploit other animals from euthanasia, uh, euthanasia of, of pets and puppy mills to factory farms and fur farms and so-called medical research and military research and circuses and etc. And I was shocked. I mean, it wasn't that I didn't know that those things existed, but I just to see it on a big screen, like yeah, one image at, at once, all at yeah. once, 
Um, it made me ashamed of being a human being. But it also, it did more. Uh, I mean, I was angry at myself for not knowing about it and in, in that kind of depth and mostly not doing anything about it. And so the film inspired me to, um, to do something. And uh, like I said, I was an artist, but um, right after I saw the film, I started to incorporate uh, lyrics into my music that would um, depict the reality of what was going on. Um, started painting um, about you know the plight of the animals. Became a vegan and uh, dedicated my life to becoming an animal rights activist because I felt like if I wasn't doing anything to stop the insanity that I saw depicted in that film, then I wasn't doing anything worthwhile. So um, then when I started to really get into yoga, I, I discovered that it could be a platform for animal rights because in the yoga philosophy already existing is ahimsa which means non-harming and um so i just explored that very deeply and um tried to find you know tried to find a very staunch argument for animal rights um from a spiritual perspective and um so here we are jiva mukti yoga that's what that's about <laughs> <laughs> and i have to say i love that you incorporate your activism into your yoga practice and your yoga studios because I know in LA a lot of yoga studios just are about getting a workout in and not anything else to do with what is considered yoga um, so I, I greatly appreciate that you and David have have done that well thank you and it's not just me and David I mean, we have 37 Jiva Mukti yoga schools and affiliates around the world. Um, so our method is, is, is quite popular and is embraced by many people. Uh, most of those, those schools and studios, interestingly enough, are outside of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's wonderful. You're having an impact everywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> we just got back from India where we taught a teacher training course. It's one month long, and we had 80 students from 23 different countries. So I was wow. I was very honored by that uh, kind of participation. I mean, people from China and Malaysia, Indonesia, uh, Japan, Australia, a lot of people from Australia... Germany, England, the Netherlands, uh, Italy, France, Canada, Argentina, Mexico, I mean, many, many, <laughs> many places, many places. A few, a few from the United States. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably know that they can get training a little closer to home, right? I don't know. All of our trainings, we have a lot of... Um, you know, uh, people show up who uh, English is not their first language. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. And they're still able to do it. That's wonderful. Yeah, um, yeah. 
<laughs> so before we go into the cookbook, which I'd love to spend a lot of time on, if you have any, since you've been doing this work for such a long time, um, if you have any words of wisdom for my listeners who are just curious about getting started with yoga and or a more compassionate way of living, because I know I get feedback a lot like, oh, it just seems so overwhelming. There's so much to do and so much to change. And if you have any words of wisdom from my listeners, I'm sure they'd love to hear it. Uh, Well, um, to quote something that's been quoted many times, the longest journey begins with the first step. (laughs) And it's really just about that one foot in front of the other and just keep going. Um, and as you as you do keep going, the um, the way to keep going is revealed. It's really about just listening to um, your heart and and not being distracted. And oh. know that you can make a difference. You know, I mean, I think we live we live in a culture where. Um, we're told that uh, an individual can't make that much of a difference, but I mean, that's just that's just not true. But if you believe it, then it will be true. But you don't have to fall for that. We've been told a lot of things in this culture, like meat is good for you, and milk makes healthy bones. I mean, then we wake up and we discover, hey, that's that's really not true. So a lot of things are not true, but um, I think we have to be brave enough to investigate and see for ourselves what is really true. Yeah, and I, then the, I couldn't agree agree more. That's for sure. And uh, you know, I mean, we're 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 told that um, yes, it's terrible what we do to the animals, but it's a necessary evil. Really, when is evil ever really necessary? I mean, it's not necessary. Yoga teaches that if you want to be happy and you want to be free, you can have that if you provide it for others. So, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty simple. I mean, that's what the book is. That's one of the meanings behind the title, "Simple Recipes for Joy." That a vegan diet is really a simple recipe for joy. That um, if we're willing to enhance the lives of others and do all we can to contribute to their happiness and their freedom, then that's what we should expect happening in our own lives. More joy, more happiness, more freedom. Absolutely. And that's the perfect segue to start talking about the the book. And it's it's interesting that we both came out with I mean yours is a cookbook and mine is more of a just nutritional advice. But, you know, mine's Fix Your Mood with Food, and yours is Simple Recipes for Joy, that, you know, us plant-based advocates and eaters um, have come out with, you know, a similar theme to our books last year. I love the the uh, synchronicity on that. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> like, you know, we're attracting like-minded souls, and, I mean, the um, the number of of cookbooks and nutritional books and uh, lifestyle books that include vegan diet is really growing. 
It's just so, I'm so thrilled about that. Yes, it's uh, it's wonderful to see because I know and you can, I'm sure, relate because you started on this path a little bit before I did, but in the you know, early was 80s, there was, only, there was only a few cookbooks and they were usually vegetarian, not vegan, and like a couple yeah. books out there and that was the... That was all there was resource-wise, so it's amazing. Right, right. But you know, you know, it's it's like um, don't waste time blaming and complaining. Just see what you can do about it. And so (laughs) that's kind of been my philosophy, you know, like not uh, not spend too much time um, complaining about why there isn't this or that available, or you know, just see what um, see what I can contribute. In a positive way. Exactly. Um, so I love that you have a foreword by one of my favorite people, Chris Carr. She's That's one of my favorite people, to too. <laughs> <laughs> and for any of you who don't know who she is, she's uh, an author and documentary filmmaker of Crazy Sexy Cancer series. So definitely check out what Chris is up to, and it's good for everyone. It's not just people dealing with cancer or terminal illness. She's got such a positive attitude about life and health and all of it, and she credits a lot of what she's done to change change her life with you. <laughs> she's amazing. Um, she's a very gracious and generous person. Um, she's actually our neighbor. She lives down the road from us here in Woodstock. Oh no, yeah, I need to live time. there. I assume. Oh well, yeah, great. <laughs> uh-huh. You can pop over for a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I ride my bike um, to her to her house often. Oh well, give her a hug for me next time. You're I here. will. <laughs> Definitely. So yes, let's talk about the the book a bit and what people can expect. Maybe give some teasers of some recipes, some of your favorites in here. Well, um, let's see. The chakra smoothies. <laughs> there are seven uh, smoothies that are based on the chakra system from yoga. And um, they are according to the colors, the rainbow colors of the chakras. So starting from the bottom, the Muladhara Chakra or the Root Chakra, it's um, it's red and uh, I like to call it the stability smoothie. And then moving up, the uh, Swanistana or Sexual Creative Chakra is orange and it's the sexy smoothie. Um, then the next one is the Manipura chakra in the solar plexus and it's uh, a beautiful bright yellow because it has mango as its base and it's called the confidence smoothie and then the anahata or heart chakra is a bright green has lots of kale and spirulina and it's called the love smoothie actually this is the most popular one I'm told at our cafe (laughs) and then the uh, vishuddha or the throat chakra it's just this beautiful blue color, and I think that comes from the blueberries, and it's called the Truth Smoothie. And the Ajna, or third eye chakra, is purple, and it's the Wisdom Smoothie. And then the last one is 
Sarashwara, the crown chakra, it's white, and uh, the coconut is its base, and it's the enlightenment smoothie. So you can um, you can have a whole transcendental experience, smoothie by smoothie, moving up through the chakras. <laughs> yes, and they're also, I don't want to give too much away, but they're all so easy to make. There's just a few ingredients in each. So for those of you who think you don't have time to, you know, feed your, your body and your soul, you spell that mess quite well in these recipes. Yeah, that that's the double meaning of the title, Simple Recipes for Joy. Um, the first meaning, like we've already discussed, is about veganism being a simple way to bring more joy. But the second meaning behind simple is that they are simple to prepare. There's not a lot of ingredients, and um, they're made for busy people like myself um, who don't have a lot of time to spend in the kitchen. Yeah, I definitely... I. I love to cook, but I consider myself kind of a lazy cook. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. Actually, me too. Yeah, I, I consider myself a lazy cook too. So, so this is yeah. this book is for all all the lazy cooks out there. <laughs> I greatly appreciate. Um, I love um, one thing that I've already tried making because you, you were kind enough to send me a copy of the book is the the, the very red tomato and beet soup, which is mm. super simple, just a few ingredients, and it was just incredibly delicious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's lots of things. There's Japanese rice balls and Indian dal and uh, grilled cheese sandwiches and jasmine coconut rice and uh, burritos and uh, many different types of salads, and there's um, something I really like called the snow cone. I call it the snow cone cabbage salad, and um, it's um, it's kind of like coleslaw, but I I put the cabbage into a food processor, and it just has a couple ingredients: cabbage, lemon juice, um, cucumber, and salt. That's it. And you just put it in in the food processor or a blender, and it looks like a snow cone, and it's so light and refreshing. Yeah, it looks – well, I'm going to have to get some cabbage. I'm going to the market later today. (laughs) Give that a try. Sure. There's lots of soups. Like many – most of the recipes, I think about a – actually a quarter of the book is devoted to soups. Um. Soups are easy and they're they're good for you know busy people. You can make a big pot of soup and store it for a few days. Yeah, and with the uh, the weather that you're experiencing right now, soup is probably probably a good option to warm up and get all those nutrients. Well, not all the soups are hot soups in my book. There's raw soups too. So oh, I saw, um, yeah, there's, there's a something raw for everybody, cold even even, even you guys in LA. <laughs> a spoiled folks here. And and how about some of the desserts if you want to give some teasers for dessert recipes? Oh, how about the amazing chocolate mousse? Yeah, mm. I I worked I worked actually many years to try to get this recipe just right. Um and uh I think I've I think I did it. And uh <laughs> <laughs> it's perfection. 
I think so. I mean, I think it's pretty good. I don't want to brag, but, uh, you know, I mean, I have to stand behind my own <laughs> recipes uh, after all. Um, you can brag on the, my show. It's totally fine. <laughs> the co- it's, I think the secret ingredient is the coconut milk um, because it really, um, it really brings the creaminess to the chocolate mousse, and you have to beat it a long time, but you can use an electric beater to do that. And um, it's not too sweet, but it's really light and fluffy and... Um, and people are amazed that it is vegan. Um, and um, and then oh, I have I have Japanese kanton, which is um, something that I really love that I discovered um, when I started to go to Japan to teach a lot. That um, kanton is like a vegan jello. It's a the base is a seaweed and um, oh, it's so uh, light and. And melts in your mouth. It's it's really wonderful because you know a lot of times you know vegans um, miss Jello. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've heard that. I've heard that from people. That's so funny. And, um, That's definitely not cheese was cheese for me. It, not anymore. I don't even think about it, but. That's so funny. Like Jello would have been Jello. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's people who um, who grew up in the fifties, probably. Oh, and I have uh, I, yeah, I have something called Julia Butterfly cookies. And Julia Butterfly, the incredible activist, who happens to be a great friend of mine and David's. Um, I named these cookies after her, um, and. Basically, they're called Julia Butterfly Cookies because they're cutout cookies, and um, I found this wonderful butterfly cutout, and so that's they're they're butterflies. And then, oh, there's a chocolate ice cream cake, and there's a pumpkin pie and hippie carrot cake, you know, and how to make the best pie crust, and there's vegan ice cream, and so there's a lot of a lot of desserts to satisfy. Even the most discriminating. Yeah, and it's it just goes to show your recipes um, prove that we're not deprived at all for people who think that switching to, um, you know, vegan diet, you're like, oh, I'm going to miss out and not have any of those goodies. But you've definitely uh, <laughs> right. showed the world that that's not true at all. It's not true, yep. <laughs> so many things are just not true, but you, um, it ain't necessarily so, you know, but you've got to be brave and explore and be adventurous, and, and why not? I mean, life is short. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, I have, I have so we only a fake have a- blue cheese dressing. I have a lot of great dressing, so, uh, yeah, blue, so you, you were talking cheese. about missing cheese, so <laughs> blue cheese dressing. Yeah, I'm definitely... Uh, Blue cheese dressing is one of my one of my favorite indulgences. Well, vegan version, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we only have like a minute left, which I okay. can't it's going by so quickly. So if you have, um, I know you have some retreats and classes, teacher training courses coming up. If you want to tell people how they can find out more oh. about those. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Are we have? Um, we teach a month-long teacher training course four times a year in various places across the globe. And the next one will be in April, and uh, it's it's held at the Omega Institute in upstate New York. 
and um, that's our springtime teacher training. And then in the summer, for the month of June, we go to Costa Rica at a beautiful resort called Blue Spirit, and we do the training there. And then in the um, in November, we go to Germany, this uh, monastery, a Catholic monastery on an island there. Oh my God, it's very goth. The monastery was built in 1019, and we and the nuns are still living there, and it's it's a wonderful place to do the training course. And then and then we go to India in uh, February to do the course. So and veganism and activism and how not to burn out as an activism is very much a part of our teacher training course. Also, we teach Sanskrit, so you learn. Um, you have a, a kind of a head start starter course in the Sanskrit language, and I mean it's it's a very full and uh, well rounded teacher training course, guaranteed at the end of it that you'll be ready to teach. <laughs> and you'll Wonderful. meet lots of people from different parts of the world, make friends, and then you can go and visit each other and be a part of this worldwide vegan activism uh, yoga family and that's the best kind (laughs) i do say so myself well thank you so much sharon and i definitely next um project or book you have i'd love to have you on again because there were so many more questions i wanted to ask you and we have like 10 seconds left so i'm gonna have to say goodbye to you but thank you so much thank you heather for all that you're doing um it's just once again great honor to have this conversation with you Oh, thank you. Thank you. And stay warm out there. Okay. (laughs) Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So thank you, Sharon Gannon, for coming on of Jiva Mukti Yoga. My next guest will be Rich Roll in a few weeks. Make sure to check out my book, Fix Your Mood with Food. If you have any questions, be in touch. And live natural, live well, and take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.